You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello, welcome back. You are listening to the Diamantina Podcast Network here with Clancy Overall and me, Errol Parker, sitting here in the Koala Mattress Studios in downtown Batuta. We are about to be joined by a very special guest today, leader of the National Party and the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, Michael McCormack. Yes, yes, he made headlines early this month in the streets of Parks, New South Wales, at the annual Elvis Festival in full Graceland garb, and he's made his way up to the Diamantina Shire today to talk to us about being the Deputy Prime Minister and the interesting, however chaotic, environment that he finds himself in now at the top of the Cabinet. But before we get started, we're going to take a quick second to let you know about another great program here on Desert Rock FM. It's called Hello Sport. And if you like listening to people talk shit, which is highly likely given you've tuned into our radio show, then you'll probably enjoy what the Hello Sport guys have to say on all manner of things in the sporting world. Here's a quick 30-second snippet from them. You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. It seems to me like cricket would be the easiest fucking sport to select for. Do you fucking score runs or not? Who scores the most runs? In a time like this, it's always important for us to go to the NRL penis power rankings. Mm. On the George Burgess scale, I don't think it's that impressive. Nah, I don't think hard napper stacks up to... Soft George. Is Bruce dating Winks? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into the tabloids, Tom. But the rumours around the stables are that, you know, one prominent pony may have found love with a, a prominent race caller. <laughs> yes, that was the Hello Sport podcast. And they're on after us every week here on Desert Rock FM, uh, syndicated through the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. So give them a whirl. And thank you to the Deputy Prime Minister, Michael McCormack, for uh, being so patient as we uh, gave quite a lengthy intro here today. Now, uh, Mr. Deputy Prime Minister, you made headlines earlier this year down in Parks in full Elvis kit, as we mentioned earlier, and even did a bit of singing for the cameras. We saw that, Mr. Deputy. Well, Parks... Elvis Festival is now 27 years old. It's been going nearly as long as the Batuta Advocate and it's just as popular and it contributes $13 million to the parks economy, the central west economy. What a fantastic initiative it's been. And, you know, if you can uh, bring a j- bit of joy to people's faces by dressing up in a powder blue outfit and glasses and wig and, you know, sing a few Elvis. Just everybody loves Elvis. I mean, I ain't nothing but a hound dog, but uh, some yeah. people say, but... You know, and I don't want them to return me to Cinder, but, uh, you know, I, I got in there and I, I, I had a go. And they loved it. The, the 10,000 people there on the Saturday night, and I got up and sang Suspicious Minds uh, mm. on, on, on a whim when I was called up on the stage to That's do so. And very National <laughs> Party song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us up here, here, in the, uh, here in the Channel Country. It's good to have a nat up here that's not overshadowed by David. He casts a big shadow, David, yes. He does. He's doing a good job. He's doing a good job as Ag, ag Minister, and, uh, you know, I've got a great team. Yeah, and there's a bit of a dynasty there uh, with the Little Prouds. Brian, um, yeah, outstanding contributor to and public he, and life. He, he worked closely with Joe, but we've, we've got to ask. A lot's happened since the, the Joe Bjocchi peterson era in Queensland. Um, not many dams have been built since the Joe era in Queensland. Uh, what do you th- what do you think's happening right now? What does the typical Nat voter look like to you in Queensland right now, heading into this election? Well, I don't think there is anything such such thing as a typical Nat voter because you know when you when you're at an election, 
when you're at the polling booth and people are coming up and asking you for how to vote cards, you know, they, they can look like a rabid greenie or they can look like your traditional, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, R.M. Williams and uh, tweed coat and uh, straw out of the mouth. And uh, you know what, the, the bloke who looks like the greenie or the woman who looks like, uh, you know, she come out of a, a hippie festival, mm-hmm. sometimes they're voting Nats and the other person isn't. So, you know, I don't ever try and uh, uh, judge as to who might vote for us or who doesn't. But Except for the neo-Nazis. Well, we don't want those, no. <laughs> we certainly don't want those. No, so, uh, so 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 how did that start to come about? Well, look, like any any political party, uh, you know, when when you get enthusiastic young people wanting to sign up, uh, you, you don't check all their bona fides. They uh, they they put the check in, uh, they sign up, they, uh, they you know they fill out a form. Uh, but we we have tightened up our procedures. That's the last thing we need. Is uh, I think it's the last thing any political party needs. Quite frankly, uh, the, you know, the things which unite us in Australia are far greater than those which divide us, and, and I think any political party would be concerned uh, at some of the extremist views that are expressed. And, look, we, we acted quickly, we moved quickly to uh, to distance ourselves and to uh, to get rid of those people, and, you know, it was a responsible thing to do. Yeah, it certainly was a, a hell of a year for the National Party last year. Um, the flavour of the month, though, uh, recently has been the issue of water. There's a, there's, there's a polarising issue uh, out west in, in, in a lot of regional communities and that is 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 growing cotton hmm. about uh how, how you, cash crop you know how, it's it's one of our biggest exports how and, you uh, can't eat cotton that cotton farming should be outlawed look i look i'm i'm a believer in the cotton industry um you know we we need fiber we need exports and we need to make sure that uh, uh you know we we use our water wisely no one uh, no one are better environmentalists than our farmers, and you know. And I know that we've uh, a lot of rice farmers uh, in the Riverina, in the Southern Riverina, have turned from rice to cotton because it's a it's a good export industry. Um, the cotton gins have created employment, created jobs for some of those towns which were going backwards fast. Uh, they've given renewed hope for those little rural communities on the rivers. Um, you know, making available use of irrigation, uh, but no one uh, uses water more wisely than our farmers. Uh, whether they're growing cotton, rice, whatever the case might be, uh, vegetables, uh, we grow it. We grow it very well, and our farmers are the best environmentalists, and they have to account for every single drop of water that they that they receive, that they pay for. So the short answer is um, is is the reason why the river's not flowing all the way from Gundy to Gawler is uh, is is because it hasn't rained. And well, it's one of the it's one of the major yeah. reasons. And and look, this is a uh, a regulated system, and and you know I, I often. Hark back to uh, you know the history books when we were taught about uh, Charles Sturt and his explorations through the uh, uh, through through the interior. Uh, he carried his boat more often than he actually paddled mm. it uh, because it was very dry. Uh, you know when uh, when they were circumnavigating Australia and they were mapping Australia, the mouth of the Murray was sanded over, as I understand. I mean, I mean we have had severe dry periods where where you just haven't had rain in the or water flowing in the system. Now, uh, you know, I know the fish event at Menindi is, is awful and it's terrible and it, it makes for dreadful viewing on social media, but the fact is we've had hundreds of these events since 1980. Now, of course, back in 1980, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have social media, and so people couldn't share it and then point the finger at the cotton farmers or the nationals or whoever the case might be and say, well, they're responsible. Just just back to the fish, we, we did see that this seems to be an issue that the farmers are... Uh 
uh, are split on. You know, we, um, we we don't believe those two like old bushies that we saw, everyone saw pop up on the news. Mm. Um, we don't believe that they're green sleeper cells. No. No. And no, no so, not, certainly not. And, and they seem to be saying that it's the cotton farmers. Um, at the cotton growers, New South Wales Minister Noel Blair took past on a speedboat, didn't even stop to speak with them. So there's a frustration. I mean, I know, and we know reg- regional areas are, and agriculture as a whole is uh, actually quite tribal. It's not just a big bunch of Akubras. Uh, what, what are you doing to talk to those farmers, particularly downstream, that are starting to starting to question that maybe there's this uh, blue blood iron fist held on the river? Yeah, well, look, when it doesn't rain, everybody wants to apportion blame. And I appreciate that, uh, you know, for, for Walgett, they've had an issue with their uh, uh, water system such that they, they ran out of water because the electricity went down. Uh, understand that, yes, um, yes, at the moment is uh, is undergoing a situation too where their filtration system has uh, has 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 uh, cacked it. Um, it. It will get repaired. It will get fixed. Uh, these are issues where, you know, uh, we, we can't make it rain, uh, but we can have good water policy. But the fact is um, the the Murray-Darling Basin Plan is largely an environmental document. Um, you know, it has, uh, it has levers that we can pull and we can adjust. Uh, it's a workable document, uh, but at the end of the day, it's very much an ecological environmental document, which places the interest of the environment first and uh, some would argue, most would argue perhaps that that's the way it ought to be. Um, you know, when you have zero allocations for water in Daniloquin and other parts, um, they can hardly be blamed uh, for this situation. But it'll rain. It'll rain in buckets, and when we when it will, when it does, uh, we'll probably curse the fact that we've got too much rain in the system, too much water flowing down uh, the Darling and, uh, you know, the, the Murray and the Murrumbidgee. That's just the nature of Australia. Do you reckon we'll get steamboats back out at Burke? Not quite sure we'll get steamboats back at Burke. We've uh, the uh, the Wagga Wagga steamer, the paddle steamer, is uh, actually on on a sandy beach at Narandra. Only becomes visible when uh, when the water level goes down so low that uh, the remnants of it, um, you know, back at the turn of last century, uh, you know, when it uh, washed up on the beach there. You know, I don't quite think we'll see paddle steamers back there. But uh, the fact is, uh, I would encourage people who uh, want a tourism experience to go out and experience Broken Hill, to experience Burke, Will Kenya, those sorts of places, because there's lots of places out there which need uh, capital city money, uh, and there's lots of things to see and do. Well, we did make the press uh, a few days ago, actually, is that the mob at Google, um, they got a bit confused with the travel times where they were saying... uh, a round trip from Windora out to uh, out to Birdsville via Batuta was going to take you a day and a half. Where in reality, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's much less. Yeah, well, you know, but but we are building uh, uh, more and better roads under our record seventy five billion dollar infrastructure. Thanks for the lead in, and uh, you know, we want people <laughs> to get home sooner and safer. We want to make sure that we get uh, food and fibre to ports quicker, and that's why we're building the roads of the future. Now, and Nat, the, the Nats aren't just representing... I mean, back in the day, we talked about Bjorki Peterson era. They were representing all kinds of industries. Um, the last kind of couple of decades, a lot of the a lot of the voters, the mainstream voters, would, would just look at the Nats as, you know, looking after regional uh, agricultural areas. What are some of the other uh, kind of industries you're seeing move into the bush that isn't strictly related to, you know, uh, farming and... and, 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 and well, look at, look at the northern oil refinery mm-hmm. in Gladstone. Now there is a classic example of a of a rural and regional business started by uh, Tim and Camille Rose at Wagga Wagga uh, converting sump oil, used sump oil back into uh, beautiful fibre, beautiful uh, 
oil that can be used in uh, headers and uh, tractors and, and the like. Now, he's developed that. He's taken it to Gladstone uh, on... You know, the, on my advice and Ken O'Dowd's uh, advice, and uh, and he started a uh, a business there, a factory there that's employing, you know, nearly a hundred people. That's uh, had, uh, you know, good support from uh, from government. Uh, but the fact is, he's now looking at uh, at trash from uh, uh, sugarcane, trash from. Uh, uh, waste trash, uh, and he's converting that into usable energy, usable oil. Uh, and what a, what an amazing industry that is. I mean, Elvis has been, like you said, Elvis is a great thing for parks. Bathurst has got the racing. Lithgow's got the prisons. Everything needs their little niche and their little uh, kind of uh, industry. Trundle's got the ABBA Festival first weekend in May. <laughs> you, you, you were out there last year? Oh, I might have dressed up as Bjorn. I, right. I might have sort of sang a, a line or two of Fernando. It was actually a pretty funny story there, but I don't know whether we've got time to tell it, but I'm happy to do it if you've got the time. Go on, let's hear it. Well, they asked me to judge the fashions of the ABBA Festival, and there I was with eight glamorous-looking Frieders and Annas, so I was the only bloke on the actual judging panel, and they had any number of people in any number of categories uh, lining up, and they all had the little number. Each, each, each entrant had a number. And, of course, they were coming onto the stage faster than I could actually judge them because we had all these different categories, uh, wow factor, uh, move in the groove, uh, authenticity, all these different categories, and we had to judge each out of ten and add it up, and they were coming onto the stage way faster than I could manage to even uh, write down a, 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 a number. So in the group section, this... Um, these people uh, came up and they just looked to me as though they were just wearing uh, jeans and a t-shirt and I just didn't think it looked very authentic so I, I turned to my right where all the eight Annas and Frieda lookalikes were, were busily judging and, and went to ask for some advice but they were all far too busy so I turned to this woman next to me on the left who was getting way too much into it really way too and she was dressed up as uh, she had this shock of black hair and she was obviously Frieda and I said oh excuse me I said you, you seem to know what you're talking about does this does this uh, entrant uh, this group section do 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 these people uh, are they authentic? And she looked at me with horror and she said, "Well, well you should know. You're the judge." And I said, "Well, look, I'm I'm, I'm sorry." I, she said, "Well, what if you don't know that that's off the 1978 album cover, best of whatever, whatever?" She said, "Then you've got no right to be judging this, and I mean no right to be judging this." I said, "Well, look, I'm sorry. I I I, I didn't know that, but look, that's if that's the case, thank you very much. I appreciate your advice." So I gave them. A, eight or nine out of ten because if that was the case then they they obviously were she caught their imagination chris pine would have picked up on it i don't know about that uh but he but he is a he is a he is a snappy dresser but anyway he um, is an abba man uh, well he said that on q and a more of an abba man myself <laughs> well who who isn't an abba fan i mean who doesn't know every word to uh you know uh you know fernando anyway the case the fact is so i've gone on judging and this woman was not happy she was not sad she said Excuse me, she said, if you didn't know that was the 78 album cover, she said, uh, why are you judging it? I said, oh, look, I was, I was just asked to do so. And she said, well, all your, all your friends, they seem to know what they're talking about. I said, well, they do. You know, good for them. They're happy days. So I've gone on and continued. She said, no, no, no. And she, she started poking me. She said, no. She said, who are you? And I said, well, look, you know, I, look, I, I, I was asked to be a celebrity. Ju- oh, celebrity, are you? Oh, celebrity. So who are you? She said, are you the local supermarket owner? 
I said, no. I kept judging. She said, are you the local copper? I said, no, he's over there. He's, he's, he's over there. And she said, well, how can I tell that? I said, well, how could you tell that? Everybody's dressed up as Benny, Bjorn, Anna or Frida. How would you be able to tell it? You know. And she said, well, are you the local high school, the, the local primary school principal? I said, no, I'm not a teacher either. She said, well, I, I want to know who you are. She said, are you the mayor? I said, no, that's Ken Keith. He's dressed up as Bjorn as well. I was dressed up as Bjorn, you see. Full Bjorn, Bjorn again, born again Bjorn. And she said, well, I want to know who you are. She said, if you're going to judge this, you need to know what you're talking about. And I said, well, look, you know, it's a bit of fun. We're all having fun. I said, you know, I'm just doing my best, okay? She said, but you need to have credentials. You need to have bona fides, credentials, talent. And she said, and you obviously, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm actually the... Uh, Deputy Prime Minister of Australia. She goes, yes, and you're full of shit too. And I said, no, 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 I actually am. And she said, well, prove it. So out of my tight jumpsuit, I've pulled this card, a business card, and I've handed it to her. She goes, you found that? I said, no, 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 trust me. It's, it's a, I am. I'm the Deputy Prime Minister. She goes, you are not. She said, give me another one. I said, I don't have another one. She said, I told you, you picked it up. I said, so it's hard to carry around a whole heap of business cards in a jumpsuit worn by ABBA in the 1970s. So a little, little bit later on, I'm up on the stage, the full stage, looking over this sea of 6,500 ABBA aficionados, and Ken Keith, the, the Mayor, has introduced me as the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, Federal Member for Riverina, Michael McCormack, born again beyond. I've gone to, gone to the microphone and I said, look, uh, this is fantastic. I look out over this sea of faces and I said, and I, this brings so much money, money, money into the town, and I said, and we've got an election next year and I want you to... Uh, you know, take a chance on me. And, of course, all the ABBA songs come out one after the other and the crowd groaned and clapped and waved and <laughs> carried on. So then I announced the winners of the, the fashions and uh, as I'm meandering back through to find my uh, dressed-up Anna, my, my wife Catherine, uh, this woman came up to me and she said, oh, my goodness, she said, I owe you such an apology. She said, I had no idea. She said, I had no idea you are the Deputy Prime Minister. I said, no, that's okay, it's all good. She said, oh, but have I, have I offended you? I said, oh, no, God, how could you offend me? Look at me. She said, I just thought you looked. She said, how good is it? We live in a country where the Deputy Prime Minister can dress up as Bjorn. She said, what a great thing, but how silly do you look? She said, can I get a selfie? I said, sure, no drama. So, you know, you, you can, it's, it's great that you can get out into the into the country, have a bit of fun, dress up as Bjorn or Elvis or Whatever the case might well, Michael, be. In- um, sorry, David Bowie now there in Corinda. Uh, Corinda. Corinda, yeah. that's where he filmed Let's Dance video clip. They've got a Bowie festival out there, so we can expect to see you out there in some. Well, Mark Colton is quite jealous because they have a drag queen festival at uh, at uh, Parks, of course, with. Yeah. Uh, not Parks, uh, Broken Hill, Broken sorry, Hill, with yeah, the yeah. Yep. But um, how often does that happen? Because. Uh, what, the Trundle Abba Festival? No, 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 no. You've got a First. bit of a name for being. Oh, dressing up on the weekend. No, no, no. As. as- <laughs> As being like no one really knows what you look like, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, well, I dress up as Elvis in the first weekend uh, or thereabouts in January. Yeah. I dress up as Abba on the first weekend in May. Apart from that, I just get around my electorate, get around the countryside in uh, what I've probably got on now. How Blue often shit. would you get recognised? Oh, often. You'd be amazed at how outside many people, of the river rain. No, no, no. You'd be amazed at how many people uh, in a lift mm-hmm. say. You're the you're the deputy prime minister. You're you're Michael McCormack. It's amazing. Put it this way: you couldn't do anything wrong. Uh, and no matter where I go, whether it's a Tassie on the weekend, yep. I was down in uh, Hobart. I was I drove the Midland Highway. I was there in Launceston with our uh, fantastic candidate Carl Cooper and our fantastic Senate candidate uh, Steve Martin. And uh, you know the number of people who came up to me at events, came up to me in the street, said, "G'day, Michael. G'day, Mick." 
Well, yeah, good. you're doing you're doing well. Considering your predecessor was, you know, threatening to kill Hollywood stars' pets and getting, you know, international headlines, you kind of you, you've got a bit of a media footprint leading into this imminent election. You reckon? Well, look, I want people to see me, um, you know, at town hall meetings and uh, on the back of utes and on the back of hay, on the on the top of hay bales, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the sorts of things that uh, matter to them, but more importantly, listening to them. And uh, you know, I'll be out there. Um, I'll be sometimes in a suit. I'll be sometimes dressed down. Whatever the case might be, whatever the occasion occasion arises, uh, you know, I. People uh, know the Nats. We've been around for 100 years. People have been trying to write us off for 100 years. But you know what? We're still there. We're still delivering. We're still turning up. And that's important. Now, you have a background as a newspaper editor for the esteemed Mm. Reverina publication, The Daily Advertiser. 58 journalists I had at my disposal when I was the uh, group editor of the Riverina Media Group and editor of the Daily Advertiser. How many of the Batuta Advocate got? Uh, we've got a room. We've got a, uh, we've got about 80 running on the uh, on the main floor. Ah, but right, um, yeah. obviously, mm. you know, mm. we we've got uh, the classifieds. Right. Classifieds are still rivers of gold. In, yeah, uh, in Batuta. Yeah, indeed. Um, but you know, before that was media before Parliament. Do you, do you find um, you know you have a better kind of base heading into politi- politics as a, as someone coming from media as an editor? As opposed to an ex-accountant or oh, lawyer, as the swamp well, is well, look, made I up mean, of. The, the, the National Party are a very wide and broad church. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I grew up on the farm. I was raised on family farms at Mara and Brewstale. Mm-hmm. I um, started off as a newspaper journalist, worked my way up from a, as, from a cadet to a daily newspaper editor at age 27, spent 11 years as the editor. Then I went into my own small business, so I had uh, a small business for eight years where... You know, got out and about the countryside and uh, and and did that, and it was a very successful business. We went into state, still going the business, still going. Um, but I, I think if you if you're generally in touch with your community, if you know the sorts of things that uh, are touch points in your community, and and Wagga Wagga is one of those places where if it's happening in Wagga Wagga, it's probably happening elsewhere in Australia. We've got all three arms of the defence. Uh, every army recruit uh, goes through Wagga Wagga. If you spend any given time in the air force, you end up at RAF base Wagga mm-hmm. Forest Hill, and we We've even got a Navy base, even and though we... Just about every doctor goes through there as well at some point. Well, indeed, and yeah. uh, why wouldn't they? We're now, we're now building the Murray-Darling Medical, Rural Medical yeah. School Network. So, so, But it's, it's a town which has a whole lot of different facets. Yeah. It's, a mi- it's a microcosm of actually Australia. So it I think is. if you're in touch with that, then you're pretty much in touch with the rest of Australia. And rural and regional Australia is different than the capital cities. Yeah. Much more friendly. Well, you got the Italians out there. Have you got Griffith in your electorate? Uh, was in my electorate. They've got a hundred different uh, nationalities, communities, yep. uh, but that, but that is one community. Hundred different nationalities, but one community, and they Fafita's, are very parochial. The feeders yeah. are Griffith boys. Yeah, and I heard that they also extended quite a warm. Griffith, welcome to Tony Burke. Once upon a time, <laughs> can you tell us all about that? Uh, well, yes, I do recall um, we had the uh, the first. Uh, meeting of the the, the draft to the Murray Darling Basin Plan, which they burnt the book in the street, and they were very very angry. Horses' heads were thrown on the uh, horses' heads were thrown on the uh, table. It was it was quite ugly. And, and and Tony came up to me and he said, "Look, in true bipartisanship, he said, let's go out there. I'll talk to a group of farmers. Uh, let's you know, let's be sensible about this. No media. We'll do the right thing." So the following week, we flew out there. And uh, we met a group of stakeholders in John Benetti's shed. But as we were going in, this uh, swarthy-looking fellow who I'd not seen before and have not seen since uh, grabbed him by the coat and said, uh, uh, Minister, Minister, and he turned around and he said, they still haven't found Donald McKay's body yet. 
which, uh, you know, it was... Uh, and Tony just looked at me with this uh, as the blood drained from his face. I said, just keep coming. Um, you know, that's, that, 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 that's a bit rough. Uh, but the fact is, um, Griffith is a proud community. Uh, the fact is, um, you know, it's, it's still... Um, it's, it's, it's one of the best fibre and, fibre and food producers in the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I have to say... Um, you know, it's it's moved on a lot from those times in the 1970s. Look, uh, Donald McKay did a power of good yeah. in the Murrumbidgee Irrigation Area. There is no question. And uh, But Griffith has moved on. Um, it uh, It is proud of what it has achieved. It should be. It is one of the greatest regional cities in Australia. Make no mistake. And those people, uh, whilst they're very passionate about their water and, you know, um, the fact is they've got every reason to be because there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of good going on in that community. And they are, you know, wine as well. Casella Wines and Yellowtail. Um, yeah. You know, the De Bortleys are doing some fantastic things. And, uh, you know, you drive out through Yendi, you drive out to Griffith. Uh, um, you know, it's got uh, not just a big solar solar farm uh, as, you, as you drive into Griffith, but uh, honestly, it looks like Cape Canaveral with all the silver cylinders, which are uh, uh, storing all the uh, wonderful produce that we all know and love. Yeah. Now, you um, you said before, how many did you have working under you at the Daily Advertiser? Well, I said 58, but you you certainly you said you had 80. So yeah, we had I 80. didn't see them as I walked into the office, but you know what? Well done. That's no, great. Yeah, you, you're all, investing all, in rural and regional Australia. I the field. tip my hat to you. They're all out in the field. A cat went up a tree down in Baduri, so we, um, we, they couldn't be here to meet you. Sorry. But uh, the, uh, the Daily Advertiser, coming as an editor of a newspaper, uh, you had the ability, um, as you know, a lot of people in, in those kind of, uh, you know, uh, positions do where you can sack people and that that must have been different heading into politics after that and coming from business because uh, one thing we've we've seen with a lot of people who come I tried from, not to sack too many people yeah we, we kept, and you, you'd have trouble doing it anyway because you know that's one thing that uh, everyone kind of can see that was went wrong with Turnbull he went from the banking sector where if a subordinate kind of questioned him he'd tell them to put their stuff in a cardboard box and no one would ever hear him again they'd be blacklisted from the industry I'm sure but you know, when George Christensen says to Malcolm Turnbull, I disagree with you, he can't sack him. He's got to try and work with him. And and, and how do you how do you deal with, you know, as we said, a very tribal kind of uh, Well, politics is the sector. art of negotiation. It's mm. also the art of being able to give people hope. And you can't always you you can't always win every argument. Uh, and and sometimes you, you have to uh, you know work out the best possible solution, mm-hmm. sometimes through a little bit of compromise, but sometimes giving a little to get a lot. And uh, the National Party, we punch well above our weight when it comes to uh, uh, making sure that uh, the sorts of things that rural and regional people need, that rural and regional people get. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing it for 100 years, ever since William McWilliams was the leader. I might add, he was another newspaper editor. He was, would have been in fine company here from Tasmania. And, uh, you know, we, we, will, we will continue to do that. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, you are only the custodian of a position. Yes, I'm the National Party leader at the moment and the member for Everina. I love my job. I love my joint roles, you could say. I'm also the Minister for Infrastructure, for Transport and for Regional Development. It's a fantastic portfolio. It gives me the ability to be able to go right around Australia and to see what things are needed and to be able to make a difference, make a change for the better. Uh, but I'm only the custodian of a position, just like, uh, you know, previous leaders uh, were and just like uh, uh, prime ministers are. And so you do your best for as, as, as long as uh, your party room, as long as the people who uh, constituents uh, want you to do the job. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rare honour and a rare privilege to be able to do it. If the ALP win this year's election, how will regional Australia be worse off? Well, all the funding programs um, 
if, if Labor wins the election, all those funding programs, the Building Better Regions Fund, uh, the Stronger Communities Program, all of those will go. There, there is no risk. The, the $500 million we've just tipped into the National Water Infrastructure Fund, uh, Development Fund, will, will go. Um, Labor does not care about the regions and uh, they, they might uh, claim they do. They might, uh, you know, get out, uh, go to the RM Williams store and buy a, a pair of RMs and put in a Cobra hat and go bush there for a, one or two days during the, the campaign. But, but they don't understand rural Australia uh, and nor do they care. Uh, you know, they, they believe their milk comes from a supermarket refrigerator in a capital city. Um, you know, have, have we seen Bill Shorten come out and condemn those people who are paying allegedly cash for cruelty? Have we seen Bill Shorten come out and, uh, um, you know, the uh, the Aussie Farms uh, website, which is naming uh, Australian farming businesses, uh, naming them, putting their addresses up, have we seen him come out and condemn those? Have we seen him actually stick up for coal miners in regional Queensland who, uh, who just want a job, who want to pay uh, just like everybody else does uh, for their children's education and get a better outcome for their kids, for their futures. Uh, have we seen him back those? No, he doesn't. Um, Bill Shorten does not care about rural and regional Australia. He, he he has never, he doesn't now, and he won't into the future, and that will show out if ever he becomes Prime Minister. I've got to give it to Scott Morrison. He's the he's a uh, an inner city boy. Well, you know, he's the member for Cook uh, on uh, in the Shire, uh, and yet when I went in after he'd been elected as the Liberal leader, and so he was Prime Minister elect. Um, I were working out the coalition agreement. We were working out how we were going to come to the arrangement such that he would be then sworn in as Prime Minister later that afternoon. And I said, well, first course of business, PM, uh, elect. Scott, you've got to go and visit a rural community stricken by drought. He turned the piece of paper around and he had written, Mm. uh, visit Queensland, drought-stricken community. And I thought, well, we're, we're off to a good start. Mm. And, and it's been a good start. He, he does care about rural and regional Australia and he's, he's uh, willing to learn and to uh, make sure that more city Australians, more urban Australians understand too. What can the National Party do to bring about a bit of stability in the Liberal Party? Do you guys, do you guys, you know, because there was a little bit of, uh, after the last spill, kind of, you know, there was a feeling in regional Australia that, you know, the Nats were just saying, are you guys done yet? We need stability in, in government. It is difficult, though, when you've got a media which is absolutely obsessed by change. You've got a, a, a media which is, uh, uh, you know, stories are angled to uh, create agitation, and particularly when you've got numbers so finely balanced in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So everybody can be a hero and everybody can be a villain any day of the week, mm-hmm. and they know that, and uh, and they know that every single vote in the House of Representatives counts for something. Uh, if you've got a government, uh, you know, with a with a reasonable majority, uh, you can have a little bit more of a stable government. And uh, and sometimes I just wish the media would lay off. Really, I do. And I mean that comes from somebody who's been in the media, who understands the role of the media. And I know it's the media's role to keep us accountable. It is. There's make no question. But sometimes some of the stories are just confected. And sometimes you get some of the uh, the the politicians themselves who have this uh, indignant outrage that uh, is also. Confected, uh, and I, and I just think we sometimes need to just take, uh, you know, we need to take a bex and we need to lie down and we need to just uh, think about the fact that we are running the country and that that newspapers and uh, and media outlets in general are doing a job uh, that is very responsible and and people when they read it uh, they need to be able to believe it. Um, 
Generally, generally, my office knows when I'm being featured in the Batuta Advocate because we get calls from people who say, "Oh, McCormack's just said this in the Batuta Advocate." <laughs> but you know, be that a, a, putting that aside for one moment, you know, we, we've got a responsible job and we want to build a better Australia, and uh, you know, that's what Liberal and National Party members are doing. Every day of the week, we're, we're out there uh, making sure that people's interests and their cost of living are addressed. Those issues are being addressed. Well, speaking of things that you know that are a bit of a laughing matter sometimes. You know, as you said, you know there are people who who don't take our journalism quite as seriously as I they can't should understand have. Why that's the case, Errol? But anyway, do go on. Like, uh, like, like a lot of people in this country, when they first read what um, Andrew Broad. Uh, had sent uh, a young lady. Uh, was the first time that you read that? I just want to know: Did you laugh along with the rest of the nation? I'm not or? quite sure. Laughing would have been the reaction, the immediate reaction. It was or, probably more, "Oh my goodness, oh dear!" A heavy uh, exhale. Uh, yeah, look, it, it it came as a surprise to me as well, and you know, seriously, uh, you don't you don't think those things, let alone actually put them, uh, you know, type them with your fingers. But anyway. Moving right along. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that has been a thorn in the side for for the uh, National Party. Has been the um, the sex icons that have been moving in and out of uh, certain cabinet positions. Well, you know, it's other parties too. I I read with some uh, dis- despair and disdain. You know, allegations in about the Greens too. They've they've not. Uh, uh, they, they've not totally endeared themselves with, uh, you know, members of the average public who, or average members of the public who just want us to get on and do the job, for God's sake. And and of course, when you are an MP, of course, these little uh, little sideline exploits, uh, you know, they they do attract a lot more attention. And we we need to always remember that we are we are members of the of of the community who are civic leaders and we we need to rise above that sort of thing now look you um you steer clear of a lot of drama as we mentioned before your your reputation is so squeaky clean that you've got to um you've got to get out there and be a politician to get noticed as opposed to you know scandal and and the other things that have ejected certain members of your party into the household name status but you 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 uh not much of a drinker not but it's surprising because you know we we do know down there is a, is a bit of a is a wet kind of uh, environment to be yeah sure in. look I've heard the Batuta bitter is pretty good mm. uh, I I don't mind a port now and again um, you know I, I have the occasional pale ale I mean you know I don't mind a red wine and particularly if it's from the Riverina so much mm. the better uh, yeah. I'm certainly not a uh, I'm certainly not a teetotaler I I found it amusing when. Uh, when I became the DPM, I had one news organisation say he's never far from having a, a, a drink in his hand at the local pub and and, and another newspaper organisation said I was a complete teetotaler. So I think probably somewhere in the middle would probably best describe me. Yeah, well, it, it, it is interesting because, like, you know, as um, uh, the Labor Party uh, icon Sam Dastiari uh, said uh, on his new um Medium, his new uh, his new channel, which is in fact I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, uh, which it you know could be argued is quite a fall from grace from where he oh, was. He's a celebrity. Stop listening to him. But anyway, he he was banging on about the drinking uh, in uh, in Canberra, 
um, and he has done. But he was banging time. on about a lot of things in Canberra, and it actually painted a pretty bad picture. Look, I've got to tell you that uh, most people in the parliament, and, and this goes for all parliamentarians, they, they're pretty genuine people. They get in for the right reasons. They yep. work hard, and 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 honestly, the, the even I said before, the things which unite us are greater than those which divide us. Even across the parliament, you know, you do form good friendships, and and I know when when other members of parliament are not feeling as perhaps as flash or as bright mm-hmm. as they can be. I've, I've, I've often uh, reached out the hand of friendship across the aisle to say, are you okay, mate? And, and you know, I, I get on very well with a lot of Labor members. Uh, I don't agree with what their philosophies are in uh, on politics. I don't agree with what they say during question time. But you know what? They're, they're decent people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... We, we sometimes forget that uh, politicians are people too. And I think sometimes with politicians, particularly ex-politicians who are just looking to uh, to grab a headline, a la Dastiari, a la Mark Latham, goodness knows, let's hope he doesn't get in. Um, you know, those sorts of people, they're just out to cause controversy mm-hmm. and that is by dragging down the profession which used to be actually held for something, held, held up to something. And I, I can remember growing up, I mean, our... Uh, local federal member, uh, while Fife was was you know considered almost deity by by mum and dad, mm-hmm. um, they thought he was wonderful and did a great job, and he did. And uh, you know, I suppose gone are those days. Everybody's got a, a certain cynicism, not helped by social media, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, uh, most politicians get on and and work hard, and uh, you know, and at the end of the day, they like to go home to their families and and uh, and they want to build a better community. That's that's in the main. I would like to think that that's what most politicians politicians are and do and you know we, we just get on and do the job well well just lastly we're kind of we're kind of wrapping up here uh we've, we've seen before you know exactly what you're talking about where people can actually come together and get along and we've seen a bit a budding bromance between uh albanese and, and pine over the last couple of years you know cross-party friendship who would you take fishing uh, out of out of anyone uh, outside of the Liberal National. Well, look, Party. I get on very well with Anthony Albanese. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's a decent fellow, and he's got his own craft brew named after him. Um, Rob Mitchell, who I have to tell him, I'd t- say to his face if he's sitting here, he's a complete buffoon in in the House of Reps. But we've been on uh, a few committee trips around Australia and elsewhere together, and always got along fairly well. Uh, Ed Husick's a, a thoroughly decent person. Uh, you know, Sharon Clayton. Um, you know, I know I know she's a a really decent human. Human being, um, you know, representing that Hunter Newcastle area. You know, there's a lot of good people uh, in Labor. I just hope they don't get elected in huge numbers at the next election, um, because you know, well, I, I want to continue to govern. I want to continue to deliver for the people of Australia. But like I say, there's 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 some good people. There's some some good intent. Uh, you know, and uh, we need to make sure that um, you know that more of the public understand that the role of a politician isn't easy. There's a lot of people in there doing their very best to uh, to build a better Australia uh, on every side of, 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 of politics. And so, uh, But I, it's it's a rare and an honoured role to, to be able to fill the role that I'm doing. I'll do it to the very best of my ability for as long as I can, and we'll just go from there. Well, we're just coming up to the top of the hour now, Michael. We uh, hope the rest of the time you, sp- you spend up here in the Diamond Tanner is, uh, is, is just as fun as this past 45 minutes has been. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And make sure you get to see the uh, artesian bars just out of town. They're, um, they're nice. They're, they're um, popular with the local teenagers, but also um, you know any travellers. They're very popular through. artesian bars. I know we've got one at yeah. uh, Bar Medmond, and of course the Maury ones are very popular too. So yeah. uh, looking forward to... Uh, yeah. I won't be quite getting down to my speedos and doing that, nah. but uh, anyway, as Elvis would say, but thank you. Thank you very much. Our ones are a lot better than the ones out 
at Thargaminda. That's that's <laughs> a little sure. bit that's I'm a little sure bit of local knowledge. <laughs> Righto. Thanks, mate. Yes, a rare honour to have the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia in our studios. Great interview. Thank you for your time, Michael. And in case you're tuning in now, the gist of it was cotton growers good, Sarah Hansen Young bad. Yes, yes, that could uh, arguably be the point that the Deputy Prime Minister made here on our podcast today. Yeah, so shame on you to the Greens, and uh, we'll see you next week, uh, hopefully with some special guests ahead of the Hopawati uh, Paul Gallon Showdown. Uh, it'll be happening down in Sydney in the next couple of weeks. Hoping to get a couple of those guys on, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Until then, be kind to each other. Yes, and stay out of the pokies. My name is Errol Parker, and you'd be good to each other.